It's unapologetic. Black Radio, Black Radio. Unapologetic Black Radio is brought to you by Naomi Lilly. I'm a sophomore at Duke, major is African American Studies, minor is Gender Studies, and certificate in Documentary Studies. My name is Shania Anderson. I am a sophomore. My major is Cultural Anthropology with a minor in Global Health. My name is Arnold Henderson. I'm a sophomore. My major is History, and my minor is African and African American Studies. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. This What's is up? Naomi Lilly and the rest of my crew here. Uh-huh. This is our last episode, and y'all know the deal. Before we get started, let's introduce our guest. All right. Hey, my name is Mombi, and I'm here um, as a black queer woman who's in People's State of the University. Okay. All right. What's up, everyone? Um, I'm Trey Walk. I'm a junior, or rising senior now. We're almost done. Congratulations. Um, yeah, also here from People's State of the University. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Okay, so as y'all know, we like to start every show with some advice. The following, is vi- the following advice is from Six Brown Chicks, which is a group of lifestyle bloggers. Well, women lifestyle bloggers that were recently featured on Ayanla's Fix My Life. So, <clears throat> it was my man's b-day so i asked his friends to help plan a party at his favorite club i arrived and he's in another woman's face i yank her wig off and he leaves with her hurt i go to another club with my friends i got home at 2 a.m and i see them together she's wearing his big shirt and shoes and helping him put stuff in the trunk of his car i confront him and he says i can't take your jealousy no more so i did hit it in your bed he laughed changed those sheets advice mm-hmm. I feel, he probably did I don't know if, how far the story went but that is that is insane dang I always like you know you, you're just so jealous all the time I don't know where this is coming from you just got all this jealousy he, he like with the woman at that moment he's like you just jealous I mean he laughed and told her to change the seats too what's so. the word that you said for garbage that you said earlier in the year basura, basura. That's, 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 that's what that is guess what y'all think I don't know. What do you think? Trey, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I should leave the advice to Trenaya. She always hey. gives me the best advice. All right. Well, since you got to leave him, well, he left you. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what you want at this point? She got to move on, find herself, travel, do something. Yeah, yeah. This life's too short for all this toxic things. I mean, Y'all are trying to hang on to him. That's true. Short. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, yeah. They definitely want to make that work. It's yeah. time. You need to go. It's time right. to go. Let it go. Over with. Throw the whole relationship away. Like well, in the back of the car, like well. this, this, this. <laughs> okay. So for today's topic, we're going to be doing Duke People State of the University. We're here with Mimi and Trey to talk about their work and talk more about what they're doing to better the university. I think you should start. Sure. Okay. Um, so People State of the University, it's a coalition of students from all different corners of campus, um, people representing different races, ethnicities, um, sexualities, genders, you name it, an uh, aspect of identity. And we um, tried to incorporate as many voices as possible. And basically, um, folks came together and crafted this document that's called the People State of the University. And basically, mm-hmm. it's an analysis of um, the different systems of injustices at the university. And so um, the different sections um, include, but I don't know if I'll hit all of them, um, racial justice, economic justice, um, sexual violence, um, board of trustees and administrative things, um, LGBTQIA plus life, um, immigrant and Latinx justice, 
um, and I might be forgetting workers, faculty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Durham. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really laid it all out um, in this document and basically folks came together and said, what are our lived experiences and the ways that Duke isn't doing enough and what is our vision for a better Duke? And that's what the document represents. And then um, there are 12 demands at the end of the document that are specific concrete ask for the university to start working towards immediately. Um, and those are issues that people have been working on and plan to continue to really organize around and um, do advocacy around in the next few years. Yeah, and um, the document is like, it's a living document, which means that people can add um, and we have space for that and we're thinking about ways that we can make it more inclusive because obviously like we're very um, upfront with the fact that we don't represent everyone that could be represented. Um, so we're always open to critiques and looking for ways for other people to get enjoy, um, get involved as well too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm interested in who was it uh, in the movement that had the idea to protest that specific event during Alumni Weekend? Um, there were a few of us. Um, it was, I mean, it's been a pretty big core team from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we, so the alumni event specifically was happening. Um, it was focused around the class of 1968 being back. And that class mm-hmm. um, held the silent vigil um, mm-hmm. after the assassination of Dr. King. Um, and what the silent vigil was is it was thousands of students basically um, protesting on the quad, um, just like injustices at Duke in general. And then hundreds of students marched to the president's house. Um, and had four demands, and those demands were centered around um, better wages for workers and that the president resigned from a segregated country club um, and just better th- the university doing better around racial and economic justice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the university was literally celebrating that event, and people from the class of 1968 were actually back at the university at this alumni event um, that we chose to protest, and we knew that it would be a really powerful symbol for us to be there as the university is kind of saying, like, mm-hmm. here are these students who pushed us and made us better. Like, how powerful would it be for us to like you know pick up the baton and keep in that Mm -hmm. tradition and then like the specific moment that people protested i i couldn't be there because i had work but (laughs) (laughs) um, i feel you girl you know you're trying to be in the struggle but you gotta gotta get my nine dollars an hour i feel it i feel it (laughs) shade intended i'm joking Um, (laughs) um I think protesting that specific moment, because at that specific moment, like Price was supposed to be giving um, gifts to um, people who had donated the most um, from Duke alumni. And of course, like most of the people that donate the most are obviously the most privileged individuals Mm -hmm. from Duke's like group of alumni. Mm -hmm. So specifically disrupting at a moment where people are celebrating the most like privileged individuals and making it known that you know you can't take up the space when there's so many people at this institution who don't even have the space to make a living wage who don't even have Mm -hmm. um you know the even the ability to have like to have like you know basic things like representation in their classrooms like how can you go through a whole time at Duke and not see someone that looks like you right Mm -hmm. Right. Um, the fact that we're celebrating money when we don't have these things is actually just outrageous and we should um, disrupt moments like that Mm -hmm. just in general So to go into some of the points that you all actually told us about before the show, we can start with coalition politics slash horizontal leadership and basically how we can keep this action more sustainable like throughout the years. Yeah, so that's that's difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Because at Duke, we 
tend to have student organizations that have a set hierarchy. Most people have like exec boards and then they have like a general body and most of the people that make key decisions are in this exec board that sometimes lacks transparency in all honesty. I've been in organizations that just lack transparency and don't necessarily take um, the interests of the the people that are in their general bodies to heart and actually making good on that. So we definitely wanted this and I don't I think I speak for people and we wanted this to be somewhere uh, an organization that first of all takes into consideration like institutional memory takes into consideration that we're not the first ones doing this work Mm -hmm. and that there are other people on this campus I'm thinking of grad students I'm thinking of faculty workers who are not um tenured, um, the fact that we're doing this in collaboration with people who are struggling and then on the backs of other people that have come before us. That's important. And then also the fact that we never wanted this to be a select few of people few small group of people who are making decisions that really impact a lot of people's lives. So ensuring that we're getting input from all sides. Mm -hmm. But of course, we're cognizant of the fact that like us undergraduate people, the last time we actually really saw this type of like coalition politics, but also in a horizontal way was back in spectrum, which was in it ended in the early 2000s, if I'm correct. Um, And so we haven't really seen that. So it's like new. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we actually had a meeting trying to, like, discuss this, but I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I think the hard thing is that because the coalition is so diverse in people's interests and backgrounds, a lot of folks are already doing advocacy work in their own mm-hmm. parts of their lives. And so it's it's a matter of us kind of doing a balancing act of figuring out, all right, we want people to, like, organize around these specific demands. And so what role does people state kind of take up in people's Mm -hmm. lives in general you know if someone's already doing a bunch of um like sexual violence work on campus like how do they add people stay onto that Mm -hmm. um and so we've really been trying to figure out structure um and trying to keep things you know horizontal and make sure everyone has a voice in what the organization itself looks like Mm -hmm. um but it's exciting and i think it's a really cool time for people to be getting plugged in with it Mm -hmm. and y'all have have y'all talked like to administrators who like who stand behind y'all to actually like keep this going Mm -hmm. yeah um so i think the most exciting thing i think the thing that's been covered the least but i think what's really been keeping us going is the amount of support we've gotten Mm -hmm. um so a bunch of alum reached out to us and have sent us emails saying like hey we're so proud of Mm y'all um the faculty letter of support obviously came out um and a lot of faculty are in support of us um and then also different administrators and deans have been like hey like let us know how we can be supportive of, of you as people but also of these demands that y'all have laid out right um and not everyone can do that publicly because they work for do you know and like they can't you know kind of make a public Mm -hmm. statement but um they are supporting us and i think especially having faculty Mm -hmm. and workers um and grad students who are gonna be here longer than all of us having them in support has been really um Mm -hmm. powerful and i'm excited to see what that looks like because i don't think um that broad of a coalition has really existed in a long time yeah so how are y'all able to like reach out to the faculty and the workers and get them on board? Mm-hmm. Um, some of it is just relationships that already mm-hmm. exist. And so um, I know, for example, with the faculty letter of support, there are a couple of faculty people who knew um, a few of the organizers and were like, hey, how can we help out? And we knew that we needed 
the faculty to publicly say we support what y'all are doing. And so they basically started circulating a letter amongst the faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever a faculty would reach out to individual people, we would say, hey, get plugged in with these faculty members and mm-hmm. um, reach out. And then similar with um, workers in the unions on campus, so like the Grad Students Union and um, Local 77, um, people just have have had relationships with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we're building mm-hmm. this movement based off relationships that people already have. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I would I wanted to talk about. I think it's number five on the list. It's the it's the um, demand to rename the car building on East, mm-hmm. which yeah. I study history here. <laughs> I, I remember my first one about the car building. I was like, I was in the car. I was like, man, I'm in here right now, and they, they're calling <laughs> it that. I was like, that was wild to me, and mm-hmm. um, that's something I think a lot of people have advocated for over the years, mm-hmm. but it just never really happens because people were saying, oh, well, you know, if you start renaming stuff, well, then when does it stop? Well, it stops when, we st- when everything's less racist. <laughs> okay, that's when it stops. Yeah. But I'm curious, how did you guys decide that you wanted to put that in there? And, and sort of what advocacy was there around that specific issue? There's work that's already being Mm -hmm. done around that specific, like, demand with workers. And I also just think that it comes up specifically in this moment where people, where, like, the statue of Lee came down, but, like, Mm -hmm. at the same time, car was Mm -hmm. Exactly, So is it based on people's, like, reactions, or is it based on, like, the actual politics of having someone who was extremely racist Mm -hmm. um, being enshrined in your institution? Mm Yeah. And what would you all say to your point about the need to always engage with other types of marginalization beyond your own? Mm-hmm. I think, like, um, it's clear that, you know, once, if there's one type of oppression, there's usually going to be others. Mm-hmm. Like, all our oppressions are, like, um, intertwined together. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know. I was just reading something where the, this woman was this I was listening to this lecture and this woman was talking about how like when she sees something that's going on if she sees something that's racist she, she's usually going to ask the questions like how is this sexist like where is the patriarchy in this like where is the heteronormativity in this so it's it, it comes back to this idea of like I think the way that we're organizing a coalition because we've realized so often like all these things are connected so for example if you look at the faculty like demand which is like number 12 um, of the demands we have their demands for more Latinx um, faculty for more um, native um, more, more native faculty and the fact that like usually we've tended to like organize for these things separately mm-hmm. but there's a need to put these things together because it means that we can hold um, administration accountable in a more mm-hmm. like sustainable more robust way mm-hmm. Yeah, um, one of my favorite lines in the um, in the People State of the University document is "None of us are free until all of us are free," mm-hmm. um, and I think that's kind of the philosophy. And all of this is um, there are ways in which we harm each other, and I think that one of the coolest things about this is we're actively learning about different issues. So, for example. I didn't know that much around um, like disability justice. And so for someone in our coalition to really write that out and make it plain, I was like, oh, shoot, like this is really a problem that students on this campus are facing. And I'm actively learning as I'm doing this work and advocating. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's really powerful. I mean, I think the the university isn't used to this. It's normally like, oh, the black kids are mad about this thing. And oh, like Mm -hmm. all the, you know, all the women are mad about this thing. But for everyone to say like, no, we're pissed off about like injustice, systemic and like how they all intersect with each other. I think for everyone to be on the same page about that is really powerful. 
Oh yeah, I'm glad actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Trey. It's important because I walked into class the next day and one of the professors, he I think he thought I was in it. He goes, mm-hmm. "Sorry, y'all, y'all organized." And I was like, "That, that <laughs> actually wasn't me." He's like, "Oh really?" So he proceeded to grocery for ten minutes. I was like, "Again, I wasn't there." But um, but like I was the, the the critique that he had because you know he is what he is. But it was that you know oh, why y'all argue you know organized around so many things. It's so broad, right? I mean, you expect all this to get done at one time, but I think your point and Mumi's point earlier about that injustice is linked and that you can't have like justice for some without justice for all is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To have in that sense, anyway. Right. I mean, people talk about intersectionality a lot on this campus, mm. right? Um, there was at the feminist theory workshop, like maybe four weeks ago. One of the foremost like theorists of like, intersectionality was here, and she brought up the fact that it's interesting that intersectionality, which is a term coined by Black women, mm-hmm. has so much life in white institutions. Mm, like you'll facts. go through many, many like parts of this university, and people will be like. <laughs> intersectionality but people don't really like practice it people don't see how it works in real life the fact that you know multiple oppressions come together to like destabilize one person or a group of people so I just wish we'd you know bring what we learn in the classroom and apply it to just directly our lives in this school (laughs) yeah and I think we've heard the criticism oh it's too broad there are too many things in here um but I reject that. I think people have mm-hmm. the capacity to, <laughs> you know, right. read a document and <laughs> y'all can read. Come on now, like, interact with each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I like there are smart people at this university, right? Yeah, like right. people can hold more than one thing in their attention at a time and understand how multiple things are wrong and interact with each other. So I don't know. Yeah, y'all have PhD. Yeah, <laughs> y'all read it when it's, when you wrote it. You want me to read it, but we write it. Y'all, y'all read it. That's what it is. Um, I guess my next question would be. Like, what would you say has been the hardest part in this whole experience? I know oh. that there might be multiple things, but what would you say those would be? <laughs> um, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Hard, it's heavy, it's tiring. Um, I can point to a few specific things. I think one thing that we've talked about um, that we were unprepared for going into it was the hateful reaction from alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like angry like people were like vitriol vitriol was like spewing out of their mouths they were like f you go back to where you came from someone got the c word like thrown at them and just these people who were supposed to be like duke alumni and for the administration we've said this to them so many times and they've yet to make any comment on it but like y'all are Mm. out here talking about these hate and bias policies and these alumni are on this campus like perpetrating hate and bias against your students and y'all aren't going to say anything about it Mm -hmm. um and so i think people were really really traumatized by that and i think that another thing has been that's been really hard is figuring out structure of what the organization is going to look like because i don't think that there is a ton of precedent as to like how to hold this many different interests and people and voices together Uh um in an energetic way and so i think we're um actively processing through that um yeah those are a couple Uh things that come to mind immediately i think one moment was like (laughs) um like right after everyone got their emails saying that the student conduct like things had been like dropped it was like exciting but then actually coming to terms with how tired (laughs) and emotionally exhausted we'd all been Mm -hmm. because like the shitty thing with that thing is that like it doesn't yeah it's okay it's like Right. <laughs> it's the last show anyway, y'all. You know, you know what's gonna be. You can say what you want to say. Nah, nah, nah. It's like, all right, go, go ahead, movie. Keep them on the air. Keep them on the air. Okay. Okay. Um, 
so the 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 unfair thing about all that is the fact that once one one thing that affects like one person usually permeates through a group of people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so learning how to like deal with your own sort of like trauma and situations whilst also trying to be there for other people that you care about was like difficult, but also a huge learning experience and the fact that organizing work isn't just about like the work and the day to day, but also just ensuring that you're taking care of people. Yeah. And that you know you're being friends and you know loving people around you at any point did y'all feel as feel as though like this um movement honestly was going to like jeopardize y'all like your time here or y'all wasn't really worried about that yeah i think that um a couple of things one is that it takes up a lot of time and so it's hard to think about school sometimes when you're when this is kind of weighing on you and then i think the second thing has been um i think we realize that we do this work because we care about this institution mm-hmm. um mm. and it's it'd be easy to go through here and not say anything and not push anyone and not ever push back but i think we're doing this because we care and so i think any penalty or jeopardy that comes to us comes from like a misunderstanding of where we're coming from Um, and I think that that's something that we've been trying to communicate with the administrators is like yes like we're angry and we're upset at these injustices but also we believe that this place can be better and we're planning to hold this place to that and that that is fueled by like love and hope and what the power of a movement can be and so um, I think trying to hold those two things is really important but there are some people who are just like oh like these are angry kids who are you know and it's and it's not about that and I think any punishment or jeopardy would come from like a misconception about what we're trying to do Mm -hmm. I got you and I know like the other day I saw an article in the Chronicle that said like President Price has been like super silent about Mm -hmm. this so like do you think that he holds responsibility to say something or like what do you think i think like you know i think he does when he was there and it was during his speech where he was interrupted that this event happened but then he's also the president of the institution like he's the chief officer as he said before of this institution so he does have to have a responsibility to respond to this not only because these like demands and manifest to critique a lot of the things that happen at this school but also like Trace said because a number of students were really traumatized by an event that happened mm-hmm. on this campus by people who are not even going to this school and the fact that you know that silence is deafening in a lot of ways mm. just like that article said like the fact that you won't speak about the ways that people have been hurt and the fact that a lot of those people are like emblematic of some of the most um marginalized people at our school Mm -hmm. organizing from themselves like it's exactly what we're trying to like critique the fact that Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot less care given to students like that so it really would be nice if he could say something publicly Mm-hmm. And you will want the, I'm sure you will want that statement to actually be meaningful, not like, oh, yes, I I hear. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. I was there. I heard it. They said I heard stuff. it and <laughs> I fully understand it. Like, yeah, I feel like y'all will want something yeah. where he actually addresses it. Mm-hmm. And I hope yeah. that that's what y'all get. So shout out President Price. You can come on this show. <laughs> 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 and we'll have movie and Trey here. 
Okay, so we only have a few more minutes left. So I guess first we can talk about self care and then maybe get into if people are interested in joining you all, how mm-hmm. they can get involved. So, first, what are you all doing for self care? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most healing things that happened was that our group had a session at CAPS where um, some of the folks volunteered to stay and just help us process, process through have we been working through a lot of this. And there are some amazing people at CAPS, and everyone who's listening to this, like, go to CAPS. It is so <laughs> worth your time. It is worth every single minute you spend there. Um, and so that was really healing. And then we've also just been trying to check in on each other. And there are a few folks in our group who will plan, like, wholesome events. I'll be like, oh, like, I'm in the garden. Like, come hang out, eat some snacks. And I think just that kind of stuff, interacting with each other in non-work or serious settings has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Okay. <laughs> How do you take care of yourself? <laughs> How do I take care yeah, of myself? Yeah. I've been trying to like critique the ways I do it. Like the fact that like, you know, we say self care and like usually that's like Netflix and <laughs> eating whatever ice cream I want, but like actually intentionally doing it. I go to caps maybe twice. Maybe I wanna say like five times a month almost. That's pretty good. Um and I also have like morning sort of like rituals to like center myself. Mm -hmm. So like affirmations, um, like sort of like speaking what I want out of the day Mm -hmm. and also just being kind to myself. I think that here, like the smallest like mess up is it it messes with you so much. Like we allow it to sort of like define ourselves in a lot of ways. So really taking time to just be like, you know, in the grander scheme of things, things like that L really doesn't matter like it hurts yes but (laughs) I'm so much more than this little L today so yeah I'm still trying to get there but um I think that the semester has been a lot better in that way and then to wrap up how can people get involved if they're interested yeah um follow us on facebook on our facebook is people state of the university um we have a gmail it's p s o t u 18 uh-huh. at gmail.com um we have a twitter you want to shout out our twitter movie yeah our twitter is at p s o t u 18 um like Tracer. Yeah, y'all just should just retweet us, like follow us there. But also just to like get involved, involved. We have a forum that's floating around, mm-hmm. but also we have a group me that people can just join if they ask a friend that's already in the group me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still trying to figure out plans to make sure that people can stay plugged in through the summer mm-hmm. and into the fall. Yeah, and if you have a demand that really resonates with you, a specific issue area that you know you want to do work on, definitely plug in. Um, if there's something in a document you don't see, um, reach out to us, and it send, you can send it to the Gmail um, that we have, and we're responding to people and plugging folks in where we need them. Nice. Do you want to address the thing that happened on Facebook real quick? We can. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> That's what y'all know. All right. Like, look, first of all, we all we all know that there's some people at Duke that are racist. Yes, we are aware of this. And like the the like the manner in which this was done and how terrible the apology was. Like I can't give a donkey first, the day. We should probably like give some context for people yeah. who are like. Go ahead, go ahead. Someone else give about? context. Okay, so there was a, a picture. I'm not going to say no names because we're trying to get straight away from that. But um, picture on Snapchat that was very racist um 
in terms of using the n-word uh and before the person was able to delete it it got out and everyone got a hold of it and are infuriated by the fact that one that was said not only while you were drunk but i personally believe that a, a drunk heart speaks a sober mind so mm, it was just like straight fact that was straight that fact. was very you know, it was it, it was it was a racist act towards um black people mm-hmm. um and that's just that mm-hmm. and y'all got opinions yeah. on it yeah y'all do i know that and the people say demands there, there is a part in there about having a set procedure for dealing with racial hate and bias as it says i feel like this is perfect for that um okay i mean so the issue with the hate and just hate and bias like policy is the fact that it gives um like punishments on a case-by-case basis like you know when you have an when you um mess up on like alcohol like mm. policy you know that you're not going to be able to go on duke engage or duke immerse like you know set like if you do it like you're going to be in trouble mm. but if you're racist it's kind of like uh, you they know. flexible when are you racist in the you year know. you know like how are you racist are you just screaming <laughs> in the air like yeah. you know like so we're trying to make sure that there's a set like policy with that but with that specific incident for me it was just like emblematic of the fact that like anti-blackness is a specific thing mm. like there's racism and then there's anti-blackness and the way that it like perpetuates itself not only in like white communities but other like people of color like communities was like yeah that was just like there it was twitter in real life yeah mm. and i think one other thing that i think people really need to catch on to at this moment is like this isn't the only moment right this guy happened to get screenshot but there's right. so many other folks on this campus who are <laughs> doing the thing. exact same mm-hmm. thing and like the point is that this is a systemic issue it's a regular we know people are doing this and so he got caught but like we know there are other people doing mm-hmm. it and we need policy in place to be able to right. do something about it. Yeah, and I think that's what's so scary knowing that, like, he's not the only one. You like, know, there's right. other people saying this that just don't get caught. Right. Mm-hmm. But on hopefully... That, on that optimistic note... Uh, optimistic note, <laughs> things will get better. This has been Unapologetic Black Radio. We thank y'all so much for listening to us this semester. Unfortunately, this is our last episode, but I'm so grateful. Do y'all have last words you want to Yes, say? thank you to everybody that supported us and listened, and we know we hope we can come back even stronger and, you know, took us with our shenanigans, too. So, <laughs> yeah, for real, yeah. so shout out to everybody. Yeah, thank you for everyone for listening and, like, actually listen to radio show in 2018. We appreciate that. Love the support. Also, my girlfriend, Janice, shout out. I just love you so much. Anyway, okay. all right. I'm uh, sorry. I had to do it. Go. All right. Pink it up. All right. Do it. This right. unapologetic black radio. Bye, y'all.